Hello listeners to As If. This is Darren, part-time host, full-time editor-producer of As If. And today's episode, there were some audio issues with Dan and Wendy's tracks. I clean them up as best as I can, so hopefully it should not be too much of an issue. Um, towards the end, Wendy's connection went, and so when she reconnected, uh, there was a slight issue on her track. The rest of the episode for this week... Should be back up to the usual standard. Hopefully this will not spoil your enjoyment too much. And now, here's two words from Cher Horowitz. Looking out a dirty old window Outside the cars in the city go rushing by I sit here alone and I wonder why Friday night and everyone's moving This is Minute 53 of As If, the podcast about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I am Dan Costa, your host. With me today is Wendy. Hi, Wendy. Hello. And Jim. (laughs) And Jim. Hi, Jim. (laughs) Hey there. All right. So today's episode begins with Mel finishing a question to Christian. You think I'd give alcohol to teenage drivers taking my daughter out. And it ends with Cher and Christian leaving as the camera stays on Josh and he's just puppy dog eyes thinking about Cher. So um, with today's episode, we begin with Mel grilling Christian before he and Cher go on. And Mel asks, what's with you, kid? Do you think the death of Sammy Davis Jr. left an opening in the rap? So it's pretty clear that Mel does not like this guy. I have to say, whenever anyone brings up Sammy Davis Jr., the first thing I think about is that scene in uh, uh, This Is Spinal Tap in the limo where the, yes. <laughs> where the limo driver spots... One of the women in the back seat reading Yes, I Can, which is Sammy Davis's uh, autobiography. It was a huge bestseller at the time. And uh, he starts going off on this Sammy Davis Jr. and Frank Sinatra rant. And then she slowly closes the partition between them. He is not happy. <laughs> it's a great. I love that movie. I love that scene in. You know, it, this is one of those moments where my brain is failing me, and I can't think of that actor. And uh, uh, it's Br- Bruno Kirby Bruno, Jr. Bruno Kirby, awesome actor. I love that. Oh man, that's a good movie. Sammy Davis Jr. had actually died uh, five years prior to this movie. He died in 1990. And um, wh- what is your uh, Wendy? We'll start with you. When you think about the Rat Pack, what comes to mind? I think that they were notoriously kind of shitbags to women. Yep. So there's that, except for Shirley MacLaine, yep. um, who was the only female member, unofficial member of the, the Rat Pack, mm-hmm. I guess. So, and, and I think just like a style thing, which is why it's mentioned for Christian, because he's such a style, heavy styled character. Yes. And he, he does have that weird throwback to the 50s era, and he's obsessed with it. I mean, she calls him James Dean at one point, I believe. So I, 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 I like the reference that the dad, that the dad kind of throws out there. So this movie really is ahead of its time because Swingers was, I believe, two years later. And that really took that, um, you know, that motif that Christian is putting on pretty heavily. And um, this high school student was way ahead of, the t- of its time. Um, uh, well, I mean, I think I guess of two things. Um, the first thing I think of is Ocean's Eleven, the original version of that, because that just sort of epitomized the period and that 
group of entertainers, basically using a movie to hang out together and undoubtedly get drunk after um, <laughs> shooting finished for the day. So kind of kind of like they were kind of like uh, Adam Sandler and his friends, you know. Yeah. They make those movies in order to hang out together, and that's about it. Yeah, or even the new version isn't like, isn't it like Leo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire? And I, I have no idea. Who else uh, is yeah, I, I believe they're I believe they're known as the <laughs> Posse, but you didn't hear that from me. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I forgot they're called the <laughs> Posse. Oh, God, <laughs> so foul. And now I I do have one personal connection here. I live on Long Island. My sister happens to live in Southampton, uh, which is also the home of one of the daughters of Peter Lawford. And my sister and her husband have become very good friends with her. And I've had dinner with her, and she's very nice, and she could buy and sell me. So. Nice. <laughs> my small connection. So the Rat Pack actually, just a little research that I did, uh, was before the, it's commonly known as Frank Sinatra, Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin, Peter Lawford, and Joey Bishop. It actually started in the 50s with Humphrey Bogart. Oh, yeah, wow. I didn't yeah. know that. No, I didn't know either. And um, so it, the common members were Humphrey Bogart, Lauren Bacall, Sid Luff, David Niven, Catherine Hepburn, Spencer Tracy, Harry Grant, Rex Harrison, and, and a few others. Um, and the legend is that they would all party together. And one night they were all in various stages of inebriation. And Lauren Bacall said that you all look like a pack of rats. So ah. they, they would just basically get wasted together. It looked like the biggest names in Hollywood in the 50s. And then once Humphrey Bogart died, then Frank took over. And brought his friends, Dino and um, Sammy Davis Jr. Now, I have never seen any of, I have not seen the ocean, the original Ocean's Eleven. Would you say, Jim, I know you mentioned it, Wendy, I'm not sure if you've ever seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. You've seen it. Would you guys, I, I like the new one. I, I find it one of those totally watchable movies. And uh, would you say the original is? Uh, it's a it's a it's a fun romp. I, I think maybe actually it's one of those things where the remake is probably a, a better movie. Uh, I, I think the the first one still holds up though. Okay. Um, I I think it's still good. Uh, I I haven't seen it in so 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 long though that I would have to revisit it. It'd be an interesting double feature though to watch the original and then go back and watch um, the remake. Those guys were very. I mean. For a, and you're definitely right. They were horrible to women, besides Shirley MacLaine, and uh, but ultimately very um, entertaining. And um, it, you know, there's a reason people love them. And uh, supposedly they were so popular in Vegas, and they would like they would it would just be Frank's show, but Dean would uh, come unannounced, or Sammy Davis Jr. would come unannounced, and uh, it would just. It, People were so interested in showing up to their shows. They would sleep in their cars or in the hotel lobbies in order to uh, see this and to be part of that atmosphere. And I still think today, 60s, if you think about, you know, the, um, the hip 60s, you know, that we think about that, that Rat Pack type motif and the, they were all dressed to the nines and they were in Vegas and it's got that, uh, I don't know, it's got a cool atmosphere around it. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I think if you go to Vegas nowadays, you still expect to see like a group of guys, kind of. Well, you probably can't see a group of guys just <laughs> strolling around getting <laughs> drunk, but like you want to see that, like 
You feel like you need to be dressed up when you go into yeah. the casinos because of them and, and stuff like that. I have never been to Vegas. Have you guys? I just recently went for the first time maybe like six months ago. Oh. I had never gone before either. Um, and it's kind of everything that you want it to be. It's, this, I mean, some people find it really sad, which it can be really sad because, especially if you go to the, I went to the Hooters Casino, and no. that is like the world's saddest place because it really like they allow smoking indoors but everybody's smoking um and it's just it yeah. it was wood paneling it was really sad uh, <laughs> but at the same time there's something weirdly entertaining about vegas i liked it i had a good time did you see <laughs> did you see any big shows no i was literally there for less than 24 hours oh. so we just kind of ran from like casino to casino that we could before exhausting ourselves and passing out for like five hours before we had to catch a plane back i went to atlantic city so long story short in 1996 i worked at blockbuster and my my district manager put me in for uh in one of the employees of the year and i, I won <laughs> 1996 i was one of the top 10 blockbuster employees of the year wow. thank, you, thank you congratulations yep. i sold more i rented more brave hearts than anybody else <laughs> <laughs> and um but they were supposed to send us all to texas and uh something happened and that they they did not they canceled that and so our local franchise was having a meeting with other blockbusters in atlantic city so they said dan would you like to come to this and i went and uh, I was only 19, so I could not go into the casinos proper. I could only walk through. And there were all these people and with their kids in strollers. And <laughs> there was so much smoke. I'm like, this is hell on earth. This is like, I just did not enjoy it. So it, it turned me off for a long time. But I, now I, I would like to go to, uh, I'd like to go to Vegas, see what all the, the, hoop, the hoopla is about. <laughs> so back to the Rat Pack. Just uh, besides Ocean Eleven, Ocean Eleven, they also uh, were in. A, they uh, had cameos in a movie called Pepe, which I had never heard of. A farmhand is that the right word? Who took care of a horse and <laughs> tracked him down? I don't know. It, it seemed like a weird. Uh, 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 Sounds like a movie I need to watch. <laughs> yeah, Pepe. <laughs> Check out Pepe, folks. Um, and Pepe. S- <laughs> Sergeant Three, which. That I, I had heard of, but never seen. Robin in the Seven Hoods is probably the most well-known besides Ocean's Eleven, I'd say. Yeah. And then Cannonball Def- Run 2. Cannonball Run 2, and he's a child of the 80s. Oh, my this. God. I forgot that the, a lot of them were in there. Who who of, of the Rat Pack are in that? Uh, all of the Rat Pack are in Oh, uh, really? Cannonball oh. 2. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they all appear in it. And I always remember the Cannonball Run movies for the... Um, bloopers at the end where you could just see um burt reynolds uh slap um dom deluise in the face <laughs> like what a friend he just slaps him right in the face all right so this is a big moment in the movie Cher is walking down the stairs and the music is sweeping did you guys notice this where she, it's like supposed to be a very big moment oh yeah absolutely but to me it looks like she's very awkwardly walking down the stairs not really graceful and i, I and that's nothing against her. It's just a weird take of her walking down the stairs. I think it, I think it's a sort of a, an, an honest, like, teenage moment. Well, I'd like that if that's what they were going for. Yeah, probably, because it kind of feeled, uh, or felt like um, the moment where she, like, is trying to be cool and falls off the bed. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just, like, her 
thinking that she, you know, it, it portrays herself as this, like, really confident person, but she's still just, like, a teenage girl with the giggles right now, and, like, it's coming down the stairs, and so she's gonna be a little awkward coming down the stairs, even though she thinks she looks really cool. So, yeah, in her head, she's, this is her movie moment, but in reality, she's still just the 60. 60- Exactly. That's cool. In reality, she's going on a date with a gay boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is a rite of passion. Pass. Yeah. Rite of passion. Exactly. I've heard. <laughs> uh, so, and man, I love Paul Rudd. I love Paul Rudd. I think I remember seeing this movie, and he was—he really stuck out for me. And but watching this again, he is trying. So, he's so expressive in trying to be this puppy dog look <laughs> he is looking at her in a way that's like please marry me now i love you and um it's just he's, it is coming on a bit thick i also put down that christian calls her doll face and i just i guess it's not a expression that i <laughs> i've ever called well, anybody doll it's it's a 1950s kind of expression so yeah. that goes back to the yeah rat i mean that's even free rap and his style yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just, yeah, it's more like 20s yeah, almost. It is. Um, it, so it's more, again, with his style of vintage style. Would you um, a want to be called dollface <laughs> or call someone else dollface as a term? Of if the I knew the person really well, they yeah. would be allowed to say dollface to me. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> that's kind of about it. I yeah. don't, if a stranger on the street were to call me dollface, I would probably knock them upside the head. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you have to know the person well, and the other person has to have a good sense of irony. I yeah, think, exactly. Absolutely. And plus, sh- shouting random things to strange strangers in the street. <laughs> Is never good. <laughs> no, that is usually frowned upon. Um, so uh, then Josh gets into protective mode, and he's talking to Mel about what she's wearing. And um, Josh says, "You're not going to let her go out, go out like that, are you?" And the father says to Cher, "What the hell is that?" Cher says, "A dress." Mel says, "Says who?" And Cher says, "Calvin Klein, probably one of the. I'd say one of the most." famous lines in the movie wouldn't you think oh yeah definitely are you guys i kind of i grew up with five brothers and sisters in a middle class family so we didn't really have calvin klein um are you guys calvin klein enthusiasts i you know i am so out of i i have this weird association with fashion in that i know absolutely nothing about fashion and yet i love watching project runway um, so I, I, I really, I remember Calvin Klein being pretty much ubiquitous at the time. So of course he's going to get name checked in a movie like this. Um, but I don't really know why he was considered, um, one of the top designers at the time. I didn't know. I did not wear it. Um, I feel like I was never a designer brand person. Um, I, when I was in high school, I remember there was one kid that really wore Z Cavaricci, and everybody kind of made fun of him yes. for it. Uh, <laughs> so that's the brand name that I really remember. Um, for Calvin Klein, all I can think of is Marky Mark. Like, that's still the only, like, besides Brooke Shields, it's like Marky Mark. And then it's <laughs> underwear, and I'm like, I'm not going to pay $20 for a pair of underwear. Sorry, it's nah. just not going to happen. <laughs> I agree. So I think about Back to the Future. 
with the, uh, yeah. the scene in Back to the Future. <laughs> and I think about Marky Mark and um, the really pretentious um, f- fragrance ads. So, you know, with their, it's like obsession. And it's like black and white, and it's supposed to be really artsy. But, but it's, it, it, I, I don't, don't know, know who those are made for. Honestly, <laughs> I do, I do, I do like one thing, and I don't even, I don't even know if it exists any longer. But I liked the CK one fragrance; it was very nice. Yeah, CK one was good, and you know, I remember I definitely bought um, fragrances, and that was a big thing for guys to wear cologne, and, and still is, I'm sure. But I, I, when I was in high school, I, I probably um, spent my money on some of that but never the underwear mark the mark Wahlberg ads were very very big and they said that uh calvin klein almost went um into bankruptcy in their early 90s but the underwear um and the fragrance kind of pulled them through so do you guys have any memory of the the pre-boogie nights bulge mark Wahlberg <laughs> ads oh 100 I, I do remember uh, um I used to belong to a Jack LaLanne health club uh, during that era. And that Marky Mark song, uh, what is it? Good Vibrations, I yep. think, yep. was ubiquitous. I mean, that was on the radio all the time. It drove me nuts. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm the same way. I remember Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. And I think those Calvin Klein ads were like his way of trying to be taken seriously. Yeah. Uh, in a very strange way, I don't know. Why. Maybe because, I, I don't know why, but that was him trying to be taken seriously before he started acting. Was he in Fear around that same time? Yeah, he was. Yeah, just around this. I, Fear's probably ninety six. Okay. Yeah. I remember there was a rather expensive book of photographs by a, a famous photographer, and I'm drawing a blank on who it was, of Marky Mark. It was, you know, like a large format kind of coffee table book. Don't judge me, but I remember being in a bookstore and picking it up, looking at the uh, title page and the introduction, and his dedication is, and I swear I'm not making this up, I would like to dedicate this book to my dick. <laughs> Oh my god, that's perfect! (laughs) (laughs) That sums him up, I would say, yeah. The dress she's wearing is not, like, risque in any sort of realm, either. I, I, like, he's, he's like, are you gonna let her go out in that? And I'm just, watching it, I was like, it's not that bad, it's just a plain white dress, it's like a tank dress. What's wrong with this dress? I kind of felt the same way, yeah. Uh, there are, um, you know, if you see like the prom pictures people post all over Facebook, and you say, "Well, this was tame <laughs> compared to that." So what the people are wearing? Yeah, I, exactly. I mean, even for the time, I don't yeah, think it was. Yeah, I, even for the time, I don't think it was like risque. I, I don't remember thinking that she looks. I don't know promiscuous in some sort of way with that outfit. No, it's a perfectly fine dress, and uh, I just think Josh is really you know fawning for her and you know in these interpreting it by this like overprotective you know yeah but as mr mr feely environmental dude it's not very <laughs> i feel like he would also call himself a feminist and that was not very feminist of him to judge her from by her outfit i wanted to ask uh wendy we'll start with you when did you first see clueless oh geez uh when did it, it came out in what 96 yeah, 95 95 i don't know that i saw it in the theaters 
Uh, probably a couple years after. It must have been like on a on VHS or something like that. Probably a couple years after. Um, I, I doubt I saw it in the theaters because in '95 I would have been like fresh out of high school and probably very punk rock and very angry yeah. at the world. And this movie is like a hundred percent different from that. So <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like so anti-establishment that I would just not never have seen this movie. Never paid uh, to see this movie. Do you remember what your feelings were towards? Uh, I remember when I finally saw it. Like, I, I mean, I th- I always thought it was a good movie. I think it's really, especially rewatching it now. I think it's a really smart movie. It's written really well. There's so many layers of jokes that I didn't get the first time around, but now as an adult, you're like, oh, that's that's a really smart joke. Like, I don't think kids would typically get this joke but adults 100 percent are i'm not really sure i may have seen it theatrically if i didn't then i would have seen it as soon as it came out on vhs uh probably rented from blockbuster no doubt <laughs> and i remember uh, pretty much loving it oh you know what I, if i could just point out one more thing before we wrap up uh mel has a line that i love right towards the end that being Anything happens to my daughter, I got a 45 and a shovel. Dan Hedaya's delivery on that line is just golden. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I actually forgot about that. But he's he's great. He's really good at this movie. And, um, yeah, he uh, we don't see him enough either. So. No. Come on. His, his sly smile at Paul Rudd, after Paul Rudd is, like, you know, like, concerned about her is so spot on and perfect. I am intrigued because um, the name of your podcast, please share with me. Uh, so the name of my podcast is Pet Cinematary. Uh, and what we do is I have a different guest on each week and we take a deeper look at the roles that animals have played in cinema. Um, so we kind of spend the entire episode talking about the animal element that was in the movie, whether it's a starring role or like the dog from Flashdance. You can find a Pet Cinematary on iTunes uh, or just go to petcinematary.com. All the episodes are up on there and I'll give you links to all the stitchers and iTunes and pod beans that you want to get it down on. Um, Well, if you uh, Google the phrase the velvet blog, uh, you will find my mostly dead blog uh but i will uh put up a a post around the time this gets um put on itunes uh with links to some movie related uh writings that have gone up in the last year or two Uh, a couple months ago i had a an article on the daily grindhouse site about uh, george powell's seven faces of dr lau and uh if you're into really bizarre cult flicks i wrote an article a couple years ago about after last season and that's on the uh, cashiers to cinemart site and i'll have links on the velvet blog so i just started my first podcast uh, my brother and i started one called blockbuster dropouts and we're trying to um relive that time where you could talk to a comic book store clerk or video store or record store clerk about shoot the shit about your favorite bands, bands you may not have heard about, the movies you might not have heard about. And um, uh, we talk, we review a movie, we do top fives. So you can check us out on Podbean at Blockbuster Dropouts, on uh, Twitter at, at Blockbuster Drop, and uh, Instagram. Uh, and you can always talk to me at Twitter or Facebook. On Twitter, I'm Uncle underscore Batman. 
And um, it's been really lovely talking to both of you. And we will return tomorrow with Minute 54. Thanks for listening to this episode of As If, the podcast all about Clueless. It is produced and edited by Darren Husted. Executive produced and hosted by Dan Costa with my guests, Wendy Mays and Jim Donahue. Follow us on Facebook at As If The Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at As If underscore podcast. And follow us on Instagram at As If Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Shout Engine, or the podcasting app of your choice. Please rate and review if you enjoy. Lewis is owned by Paramount Pictures. No infringement is intended. All rights reserved. Copyright 2016.